the dead deer's voice. Couldn't ask for a better evening to get together. Turkey <sighs> that, Camp 2022. Ain't that right? <clears throat> Man. The goblin. They are tonight. <laughs> Hopefully they are tomorrow morning. Yeah. They ain't got frost on their snood. I'll be all right. We'll kill them either way. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll shake the frost off for them. <laughs> all right, Tyler Childers. <laughs> so, Arkansas boys are back at it here in Missouri again. We got Ramsey Richardson and Chisholm May, and we got Stitches, a.k.a. Turkey Slayer, a.k.a. Austin Overhouse. Myself, Stephen Ebers, sitting over a beautiful fire, listening to the birds and bugs chirp, and, uh, anticipating highly tomorrow morning's turkey hunt absolutely <laughs> <laughs> boys you act like you've never been behind a microphone before i'm trying boy. Yeah. it's it's been a while i gotta gotta get back in the groove i was gonna say ramsey yeah, you were a natural little, last little time. rusty about 12 months i reckon <laughs> yep yep it's a little different this year though a little earlier in the year you guys came up have you noticed it a little differently definitely in the foliage you ain't got the ground cover we got last year a lot more open and be a lot more careful yeah it's tough to move on them this year those i killed last year i don't believe i would have been able to in this with this foliage either of them yeah because the move i made on the first one was behind some stuff that wouldn't well, have been there yeah it was raining but that's probably not going to yeah. cover it and then the second one i mean there was no way i could have killed him with how open it is right now yeah. which has been the only reason we aren't tagged out basically i think Cade got his bird and rolled out yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out yeah shout out Cade. we're missing him tonight he had to leave early because he's got you know work duties responsibilities i don't even know what, he, what that is Nah, he ain't got work duties he's, he's got an old girl <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. Basically. oh boy that'll do that to you that's how a lot of turkeys live right there mm-hmm. so fellas i would start with you chisholm You've been traveling a lot this year, which is not much of a change, but you've hit up a few states, new different states. Um, how's that been going for you? Well, I actually, uh, I planned on going to a new spot in Florida. I hunted North Florida last year, and uh, when it come down to the wire, we just decided to go back to where I went last year. And uh, we found three goblin turkeys in four or five days and we killed three turkeys the only three we found we killed it wasn't a good population but the ones that we did found we just hunted i mean we hunted till we killed them and uh sometimes you don't leave turkeys a fine turkey yeah (laughs) that rings true in the the present too don't it yeah it does but anyhow it stings a little bit (laughs) but we left uh we left florida and came back i had to work for a couple days and then we went to mississippi or actually we were on our way to alabama yep and i was on the phone with stitches and i was like you know what i need to log in and make sure for a fact that this place is going to be open because everything is just very weird this year with their opening dates and yep we've we've uh we've talked about that previously on the podcast but yeah no but uh i mean there's it's just a change this year there's no need to not elaborate more on it i mean i mean what what was your experience with it chisholm since you yeah so 
at this point in time, I mean, there were some of the state open, I believe. I mean, you take it away. But. Right. Yeah, there was there was several public pieces that were open, um, including the one that we had hunted last year, yeah. which was kind of our our go-to plan to go back yeah. to. Um, but just time crunch, we decided to go to a place that in that was closer, and I map scouted it and logged into one one site that gave dates, and they were from 2021. Yeah. And so when I was on the phone with you, I was like, I wonder if that wasn't 2021 dates. And sure enough, I logged back in, and it was yeah. 2021. I, and I got a pretty fond memory of that. Yeah. So I said, well. We're about 20 miles from uh, a piece of public in Mississippi that we've hunted in the past. I was like, we may as well just go there. So we parked, and I scanned maps, and every year you feel like you know more than you have in the past. So I dropped some new pins, and we went in there, and it was really, really good. Yeah. And I feel like those birds had not been messed with at all. Yeah, and then the last day that we were there, key. yeah, exactly. And the last day that we were there, there was four trucks that drove in on us and said, "Oh boy, I bet y'all did some good in here, didn't you?" And we we're like, "Yeah, <laughs> tore them up." Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it was just basically there was some WMAs that um, that didn't open up when the rest of the state did, and uh, I really don't know why honestly yeah it's from just, what from what i understand it is is their effect or basically they're trying out different dates on wmas mm-hmm. because it's a manageable piece of land so they can see if they can hey, actually control exactly if we drop back the dates to this date what does the population look like after you do that for a couple couple of years whereas yeah. if you take the whole state all the private landowners all the public land and yeah. turn it to that open and, date you you're in too far yeah. you know what i mean which like i mean that's why you looked into it it is your duty to look in and see what is right accessible and not but i mean at the same time it just it all happened so quick like i'm sure there was some people that had been hunting a place for years and yeah, was like didn't even look yeah didn't even pay attention to it but anyways from there we left mississippi we came back to arkansas i had to work for about a week And I think in that time, Rambo went to Alabama. Rambo, take over. (laughs) (laughs) That's a scary story. His trip went a little sideways. So I I caught a ride with uh, somebody out there. We was going as a group. A couple of the guys that went ahead of us did some scouting right before season opened, and they were there for the opener. And I wasn't able to leave till a a Sunday, so they had been there two days before us. And uh, they hadn't had very good luck where they initially started, so they'd moved to a different WMA or a different national forest. I don't remember which. So we met them at that one, got up, and, you know, we were in their blind at this point because it was a new location for them. So we just took out from camp in the morning and went our separate ways, and I took out walking and did a four- or five-mile loop and found one turkey feather. And the sign was very very new we got back to camp and finished that day out at one o'clock and they're like well let's just pack up and go back to where we originally started we at least heard a bird or two up there and seen some more sign so we headed up there that evening 
got there, pitched camp, got up the next morning, went and hunted, and uh, me and one of my buddies uh, walked in uh, Access Road about two miles. It was gated off and nobody was there. We walked in two or three miles on that Access Road. It was on top of a ridge, beautiful hardwoods, you know, walking and casting calls down in the draws and, and nothing. Come on out, and by the time we got out, the other members of the party had done decided that they had had their fill and wanted to pack up and go home. So I got a oh, morning, man. morning and a half in hunting, and it was, was time to go. Pretty, I was pretty upset because I was. Yeah. Down was that there. the first time you went with that group? A couple of them has went with me to Wisconsin before, but we had separate rigs. Yeah, and. uh whatnot and wisconsin wasn't something to leave neither was it no no, no. you don't it's, especially it's private it's mainly private but yeah. uh but yeah so the alabama trip was kind of a bust and well I, you find out who you can hunt with yeah. and who you can't yep. right. so I, I come back home kind of you know mad and aggravated because i had a whole week to hunt and i was only out for two days yeah. and but luckily the river come up and i got to do some hot water kayaking and that kind of soothed my soul a little bit yeah that'll do it man although i've seen some of the pictures at uh that'd make my butt clinch <laughs> Get a little. That, that's why the foams were out in the middle of my seat there yeah <laughs> i can imagine why but i guess if you're an adrenaline junkie then that's exactly where you want to be yep yep it'll do it now i know austin the last time we talked you yep. were in nebraska yeah and uh that trip that went pretty pretty good for you guys yeah it went it went pretty good um you could pick off from it when Chisholm was saying he was on the phone with me. I was in Nebraska. He was, him and Cade were on the way to Alabama, and then plans, uh, plans changed for them. But uh, we had a eventful hunt, to say the least. I mean, just in tons of birds, uh, big flocks, big flock, it? big flocks of birds. I mean, it, it was to the point where I mean, you're calling, you use decoys. It doesn't doesn't I mean, make much yeah, of a difference it doesn't make much of a difference you just gotta we uh it just took a couple days of scouting to figure out where they were flying down and what they were doing um to capitalize on it uh i i actually shot mine at like i don't know it was probably two o'clock in the afternoon or so it was it was later up in the in the day but um we had been on the key to that was being on the birds so i mean we were on them from daylight till and kind of getting in front of them, yeah, yeah. trying to knowing where on. they want to be, and, and then yeah. then the decoy does make a difference. Yeah, you know, it does. At that point, it does. Um, when when I killed mine, I actually, well, I guess I'll back up. Um, so that morning, we got in there, and um, we actually had what would have been a slam dunk hunt. Um, we had three gobblers just break off from the group and come running into the strutter decoy and uh baron was able to get drawn back but it was a little bit it was really early and um i think from us carrying just a bunch of stuff in he was holding his bow by the bowstring and it was just bouncing you know the whole way in so i think that kind of like torqued his string maybe a little bit and rolled it a certain way because when he when he drew back he said he could see through his peep but it was like halfway it wasn't all the way rolled back so um 
I mean, he was full draw for about 30 to 45 seconds, and he was able to come down and, like, basically with his teeth kind of roll his peep side over. And um, by that point, the birds were trying to leave, but they were still, I mean, right in the decoys. They were 20 yards, and it looked like he made a good shot. I don't know. Um, the the arrow went straight through, and uh, the bird actually went back to strutting in the field. And, oh, I mean, wow. We, uh, we glassed them for about a good hour and waited for most of the birds to clear out, and we we made a search for the turkey and just we couldn't find him um but leading into that we seen all these birds walk up this hillside and that's where my kill came into play we uh just looped around them got up on the hill and heard a couple of them gobbling so we moved in on them got set up and worked them for about 30 minutes called up a couple hens and i thought that was going to bring the whole flock up but um actually they just kind of worked through and then uh the turkeys continued to gobble but they worked around us so we made a move on them and one of the big problems out there was with those big flocks of turkeys we were running we we were running into a lot of other turkeys trying to move on the birds we were going after so i mean just not knowing they were there they weren't you know saying a lot they're probably just sitting there spitting and drumming with a group of hens and um Anyway, we bumped a few different groups um, going after the turkey I ended up killing, and uh, we had bumped we had bumped them bumped this other group twice, and we got set up anyway, and we were calling to the group I I killed, and they looped around us, and we got up from there and made another move on them, got up even with them, but while we were doing that right before we sat down well i had already sat down baron was getting the um camera and everything situated and a couple hens flushed. did you get it on film Your no kill? we no. didn't because this is why um, <laughs> so we were getting everything getting situated we bumped a, we flushed a few hens and uh right after that oh i seen a gobbler running off too and i was like well we uh we bumped them so we were gonna you know plan on doing something else and before we could even think about anything one of the birds went to strutting down this path and or basically a road that goes through the property Uh, and he he strutted strutted down the road and went out of sight and he was only about 75 yards away so right after he went over the hill we made a quick move and got up to the crest of it and kind of whatever cut the cake so to speak and peeked up and we I could, like it we could see him we could see him just working down the hill and he had a group of hens with him and he kind of i don't i mean he's following them but they went into this kind of like a little cedar thicket but they went into that and we seen him go behind one particular bigger cedar tree in the bunch and uh i think he was breeding hens i don't know behind there because every now and then we'd see a hen just walk out of that thicket and get back on the logging road and just take off walking and uh so after he went behind there and most of the flock whatever i, I made a move and 
I got up about 30 yards from that tree pretty quick, but I mean, it's all sand, so it's not like I'm crunching through leaves or anything. It's just, it's totally quiet, but right. it's like, I mean, every step you take, it's like you're, crunchy. well, it's not crunchy, oh, not but crunchy. Uh, it's just like, it's like taking four steps. Like it's, yeah, it'll you know, burn you oh, out. Yeah, it'll yeah. burn you out. So I, I got up there pretty quick or as quick as I could and um, got sat down and I was sitting there for a minute and a hen popped out. I had I had the strutter decoy with me and the hen popped out behind the cedar and she was just kind of looking at the decoy and I was able to get the decoy stuck in the ground and she, she didn't putt or anything. She just kind of looked over and just, you know, didn't really care. And about that time, I seen the turkeys, turkey I shot, I seen his fan pop up like like he went into the strut just behind the cedar. So I went ahead and drew back. All I could see was his fan tip, so I knew he couldn't see me. And I drew back, and a couple seconds later, he popped right around the cedar tree at about 25 yards. And I was, I was tucked up against that strutter decoy, but, I mean, he knew, you know, I'm sitting there at full draw waiting, and I'm kind of, you know, popped out up a little bit. It, yeah, yeah, out from behind he it. He smelled rat. Yeah, he did. And he instantly popped out of strut, and he turned around. And uh, I don't want to say I made a bad shot, but it wasn't, you know, ideal. I still I still killed him, but um, he turned, he spun around, and I tried to shoot him straight in the back. Uh, and it got, I mean, he was straight facing away from me and I hit just a little far left and it came right above his, came out right above his right leg, about took his leg off. Well, he flew up just over this little ditch and landed and I was able to get my arrow and run over there and finish him off. But I mean, he was tore up that he would have, I actually, when I got over to the top of the hill, I bumped him. Well, I mean, he was. He was laying there just kind of sprawled out and there was a couple hens by him and he was able he just like popped up and like glided down the hill somehow i don't even know how he did it but um i mean and he was not looking good so i went down the hill and grid searched and it wasn't five minutes and uh i see i found him and i was i had to i did shoot him again just i mean he was he was done i i could have just grabbed him and broke his neck or something but i mean i i just went ahead and shot him again that was he was done but i mean that's a whole new experience for you shooting with a bow yeah and it's not i'm not used to tracking a turkey so i don't don't, i don't know i mean i'm not like the the broadheads i were i was using i mean it was a big cut and i mean it's definitely you can kill them oh it's lethal it's lethal for sure I, i mean i made somewhat of a marginal shot so that's on me but um i mean i don't know i just think the no, it's like not this, easy no yeah i mean, I mean i'm not saying i'm i'm not gonna bow hunt again for turkeys but i just like shotgun hunting them yeah something about it the the early like the early access you get to be able to hunt them like that nebraska whatever mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure there's some other states kansas i think yeah kansas also early. does that yeah i mean that that would pique my interest a little bit, but yeah. other than that, I just don't. Yeah. You know, there's just. Yep. I, I'm I'm with you there. It's just it's basically just because you can go early and it's a yeah. over the counter, you know, just exactly. easier place to go to than some of these 
especially some of these southeastern states now that they've changed yeah. and you got to read up on stuff you got to apply for some uh drawed hunts to be able to hunt public in some of these states and i mean it's a it's a good opportunity to go out there with the bow for sure yeah. um i mean it was fun, but. you know it is 2022 and my shotgun can identify as a bow every now and then if it wants to. Oh, yeah, I mean, it probably I, I, can. I, I sure. think we might have a, you know, a, a, a legal point there that we could push. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I I, uh, I haven't got to do as much traveling this year as I would have liked. But uh, it's opening week here in Missouri. I guess that just ended, Speaking actually. Speaking of not being able to travel, surely you ain't made the podcast that you're a Paul now. Well, um, I think I've let it, let into it okay. that... Um, but but it ain't been here since the last. No, one, no, yeah. I'm a father now, yeah, so officially that takes the cake on anything right now. Hunting. Yeah, that's hey. the most important thing going on. Yeah, fortunate enough to sneak out and see you guys for our turkey camp, and uh, maybe we'll go on a little hunt tomorrow morning. But you know, I I uh, was able to slip out of the woods on opening day here in Missouri before the baby came. That would have been last Monday. Went to a spot that I'd never been to before, and if you guys follow along on any of our YouTube videos, you probably already have already seen the video. Like and subscribe, ring the bell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Comment. Tell your friends. Yeah. And your grandma. Hey, Steve, before you get too far into that story, yeah. Chisholm, you can call him Daddy Steve now and it not sound too weird. Yeah. That oh, makes, wow. So That makes things I not guess. as awkward around yeah. camp. Yeah. yeah, a little less awkward now. Just go ahead and let it loose. <laughs> All right, I'm glad go we ahead, got it. Go ahead, Daddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, went out to a spot that I never had access to before, was able to obtain access just for that morning, and uh, didn't scout it. I knew there was birds in there from just being around that area in the past, but never actually got to hunt it. And so didn't get to scout it because the weather was terrible, and it's an hour away from my house, and and uh, got there that next morning. Wind uh, was kind of picking up, so I was a little bit worried about hearing a gobble. But it wasn't too bad there in the first couple hours of the morning. Ended up having multiple gobblers around the area that I was able to hunt. And I was hoping that one of them would, would come too. I was sitting uh, on a logging road on top of a ridge. And my thoughts were that I was in a good enough hide that if anything came up through the logging road that when they got close enough that they still wouldn't be able to see me until it was too late so you had a good hide i did i did it was uh up against i don't even know some type of shrub but there was a fallen dead log right there so you had some horizontal cover too yep yep pretty much picture perfect cover because and that that plays true to you know how the hunt ended because i ended up calling a bird across the blacktop road yeah and had to turn around. A very busy one, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the video, you'll see two cars pass in and less than like, a minute. It's like a straight drop-off, too. Like, I wonder if he, like, pitched down almost to the, like, across the road or what he did. Cause. It almost looked like in the video he was strutting when that one truck come across. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't pay no, like he no didn't attention care. to it. No, no, he one. didn't care at all. That's what... These birds get used to certain things and it yeah. don't bother them. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, if if it's a area where there's a lot of ag, yeah, there can be a tractor plowing a field and the bird be a hundred yards away strutting. Yeah. Strutting, gobbling. they, you yeah, know, they not, learn what to be comfortable with and what yeah. not. They know that's not going to hurt them. Yeah, 
And that that particular spot, I feel like, I mean, we've heard turkeys there before, you know, just uh, being there scouting and doing other things. Well, listening, my grandpa lives right there next to the property. You yeah. know what I mean? No, that's so, what I'm saying. Like it's We always hear yeah. birds when Around, we're trying yeah. to hunt it. Yeah. We've tried it, but my grandpa's only got five acres. and Yeah, so this was a new spot for you. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it allowed you to get expand. in there. Yeah, expand where, I mean, you know. Yeah. Got a little room to work with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Room, room to work with is nice, but don't ever pass up them little five-acre pieces if if the property right next to it you can't get permission on and it's got birds there's always a chance you oh, can yeah. pull them oh well, we've yeah. done that in wisconsin well and that's funny I mean, you that's, say that that's pretty much we have pulled them yeah austin pulled one bird a few years back off off of that piece of property yep. so yep i let three ring yeah and Man, he flew off <laughs> <laughs> hey it was still pretty cool though yeah it was a good hunt because you, you never expect it to get those opportunities on such a little parcel but. it was kind of catch and release but you know <laughs> more like I we're missed, testing I missed, waters i missed the fish so it, it, when you when you strike out a hundred times it just makes that one home run that much mm. sweeter though hell yeah, yeah. bat <laughs> flipping hey, i'm going everything. down swinging i'm not going to say i haven't <laughs> never missed a turkey because i've missed maybe a few so that spot you know it, it has a little bit of sentimental value being so close to my grandpa's so i really did want to kill a turkey yeah. off that and I, you know, he gave me permission to hunt it one day. Yeah. And so I was glad to make it count. Made it count big. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now I'll just have to call him off from now on. <laughs> back on to Grandpa's. Speaking of uh, swinging and missing, me and Cade, <clears throat> we had this conversation right before season started. And by probably no skill, mostly luck, I've never missed a bird and it was actually the night before we were hunting in florida and i was telling this he was asking about you know we're just telling stories around a campfire like this and he was talking about missing turkeys last year because he had a real rough rough year year with missing turkeys last year but i was telling him i don't believe i've ever missed a turkey and sure enough the next day we get in there and call in this gobbler and he comes around this bend and i'm shooting through some shrubbery which i'm making excuses but i missed him anyhow he spent most of his time on this piece of private ground and we went and asked the old boy and ended up getting permission and went in there on the i think it was two days later actually and ended up killing him so i I told Cade after i killed him I said, well, at least now I can say I've never missed one that I didn't kill. <laughs> hey, there you go. Real little redemption. Right. But no, that your hunt was freaking cool. It was fun. Fun think, to watch. I think the one thing I was con- contemplating, and, and you'll never get to, to see that on the video, was the fact that I wanted to move. I heard other gobblers in the area, Yeah. and I really wanted to move but you committed to the spot. Yeah, and it's not because I, I'm not a I'm, – I'm more of an aggressive turkey hunter most often. I'll get up and go to them. But just from the past of calling them at my grandpa's, I know that they try to work them fields. Yeah. And so I knew if I got up, I'd be chasing a bird out into a field that right. potentially would 
crossover property lines. Yeah. And so, I would imagine that camera and tripod makes you a little more patient on it getting does. up and moving. It does, yeah. 100%. You got a lot to, to back up, I'm sure. Yeah. I think deciding to make the move is kind of a one of the bigger things everybody talks yeah. about a setup yeah because i mean you're thinking about if you're going to move you gotta like when you decide to move regular you know you get up and move but you add all that stuff in there you gotta like you gotta think about oh, it yeah. about 15 minutes before that or you know whatever x amount of time before that because it's you gotta gather up all that shit and it's not it's not like you just drop you know, the vest and move. drop the vest yeah. And move yeah especially Throw being them be starting in such a good hide i mean if i was running the tripod maybe but (laughs) yeah (laughs) starting in that position where you felt confident you know you had a good hide you figured the turkeys would be working by you eventually it's a little easier to sit back and stay patient when you yeah you know you feel confident in that area it's funny though i i'd never anticipated the bird to actually cross that blacktop highway and and come in like he did yeah and you know you'll see on the video also that i'm aiming at the blacktop and a lot of a lot of people kind of you're also the legal distance away from the blacktop at least two probably 200 uh, yards from it weren't you oh Oh, absolutely i I can't tell you exactly he's he's well he's well enough on the other side of i mean it's it's totally legal i mean yeah no i i think i think though one thing i wanted to you know, if, if you watch the videos and you listen to the podcast, it's probably good. You get some context. Yeah. And that context is is that I could hear cars coming from a mile to two miles away. Yeah. Right. You can hear the tires howling. And, howl and, and you'll see two cars pass during during that video, and, and I easily could have shot. Yeah. 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 And that's you actually waited because of that. Yep. Yep. So I just wanted to make that clear because, you know, people might think otherwise yeah well, and, and i don't i don't condone shooting no. in unsafe places yeah just trying no. to explain the situation because i mean you know somebody might see that and say oh well. there's a lot of a lot of shade though is these days yeah there is <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of difference between shooting shot out there with the shotgun versus shooting a rifle round yeah too. yeah we we enjoy hearing the feedback whether it's negative or positive you know we want to know what we're doing good and bad but you know i i feel like if somebody wasn't a hunter, if somebody didn't know regulations, that they could see that video and perceive it as dangerous. Yeah. And you know those guys, those those people aren't going to listen to this podcast. Probably not. But no. you know it's something that if they're listening to it Fury, by now, then I think they're yeah. maybe one of the followers. I don't know. <laughs> and haven't tuned out yet. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a young hunter, though, you know that's something that you really have to be cognitive of. Yeah. You need to know your rules and regulations and property lines and all that stuff absolutely and what's downrange of where you're shooting yeah i think that's super important we're we're enough about safety (laughs) hold on i think ramsey has a story because i think he killed a bird recently so you you kill yeah yeah i I, uh i mean maybe this is the turkey killers podcast this is (laughs) um arkansas went to a similar rule as missouri They've started opening their season on a Monday. Well, we have the same season this year. Yeah, we do, don't we? The exact yeah. same, yeah. And, and I think – sorry to cut you off. Again. No, you're good. Go ahead. I think we had the same season last year, if I'm correct. I think last year they started it, yeah. Right. I believe so, they yeah. They followed suit with y'all. Yeah. 
They, Smart thinking. Yep. They gave us <laughs> an extra week, but in our first week of season, we can only kill one bird in the first seven days that, now. Yep. That's how we are. Uh, except for we can hunt all day. Right. Yeah. Let me rub that no, in. Yeah. Let me rub uh, yeah, that yeah, in. Yeah. Rub Which that really, in. if we're Which, talking about population, we ought to be the ones that yeah, can only hunt yeah, the one. Really, yeah. that's true. Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah, it seems <laughs> – Chisholm knows, Ramsey knows, yeah. I know Stephen knows that the turkeys usually usually start gobbling pretty good at about 2 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. 101. Yeah. I've killed probably 70% of my birds past noon. Yeah, I don't know how many I've had to leave gobbling, and that's a freaking mm. nightmare. I don't even want to talk about it. But No, anyhow, um, opening day of Arkansas opened on Monday. Um, I haven't done any preseason scouting whatsoever. I was too busy making knives and kayaking and spending time with my lovely girlfriend and shout out Double R Forge family shout and out Double, yeah, R Forge. Double R Forge. Get you a knife. Handmade knives are excellent. What's your Instagram and stuff? Um, them real quick. It, Instagram is at double d o u b l e underscore r underscore forge f o r g e. Yes, sir. And uh, there's my Snapchat is on my Instagram. You can get it off of that. That's where you sell most of your stuff, isn't it? I sell a lot on Snapchat, and I'm starting to pick up a little bit more on Instagram. And most of it's word of mouth. And I used to work on the railroad, so I traveled the country, and I made contacts all over the country. And these people follow me, and they order knives from me. I've got knives going out to Wisconsin, Michigan, all over the place. Yeah. Anyhow, back to turkey killing. Opening, we like, opening, like opening day of Arkansas, no preseason scouting. I'm just oh, going off. So we have another opening day bird. Yeah. With no preseason scouting. Let's, <laughs> let's, okay. let's go ahead and so add that in there. So I'm just running off Another of, new spot. Yeah, just running off of what I know from previous years, where birds are supposed to be and just banking on that. Yeah. And I actually went into an area that I've never hunted, but from, huh. a, from across the lake where I have hunted, I heard birds over there before it's just a different piece of property right so i got my management area permit to go on that piece and picked out a spot where i'd heard birds before on that side of the lake and went in there and lord and behold there was a bird goblin down in there oh i'll be darned and problem with him was he was going the other direction and he didn't want to turn around yeah so you know i chased him and thought i got within the range that would make him turn around and he still didn't want to assuming he had hens with him and when I got in that close range and called to him, I figured they just pulled him off the ridge and down in the holler and I uh, didn't hear from him again. Yeah. Either that or I busted him, but I'm sure that's not the case whatsoever. Yeah. No, you're we, invisible we with yeah. that face paint. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Navy SEAL. And over. remind me, I'll tell you all a story about the face paint that happened to me this evening when I was roosting a while ago. Mm. But uh, so anyway, come back home, spent some time with the kiddos, and then midday, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to go head out and check some fields. So I took off and went and hit some of our private land up and found a group of strutters or a group group of birds, one strutter and a couple hens. So I set out on them with the Reaper decoy. And uh, as I topped the hill, closing the distance on them, about 150 yards away from the strutter, I seen a couple jakes that I didn't see initially. And the jakes took interest and come in and kind of scrubbed my hunt on that strutter. Uh, they come in and got spooked and kind of didn't run off, but they didn't walk off either. And it kind of spooked the Tom. He went on out, so I just backed out of there. And uh, heading back to the house, and on my way back to the house, I'm driving down the main highway. And it's on top of a ridge that runs east and west. Yeah. And I'm about a half a mile or three-quarter mile from, from the house there, and it's a neighbor's property. And 
off the side of the hill in his cattle field, about 150 yards down there off the highway, I see a couple of toms walking across a knoll on the side of that hill down there. So I pull the truck up at the end of his property and park behind the bank where the birds can't see my truck and walk up to his gate post and letting everybody know you have permission yeah, on this property. Yeah. So yes, you got permission on this property. He's a neighbor, grew up with his family. Yeah. Uh, me and his son were best friends and grew up hunting together and fishing together. Yeah. So anyway, I gave him a call, let him know what was going on. He said, go ahead. So uh, sitting there, I look at the birds and they're starting to feed off toward the wood line, which is property I don't have permission on. So yeah gotta gotta make a move you right. know whether i'm gonna bust them or yeah it's, whatever i'm i gotta make a move yeah you gotta yeah uh, bust them or kill yeah, them because they they got hens with them they're following the hens they're not gonna be there long yeah it's kind of fourth quarter uh, so pull out the shutter decoy because you know i'm not gonna call to these birds they've got hens why do they want to <clears throat> yeah leave three hens to come to one right it's not gonna happen well it doesn't matter i mean i, I hope nobody's offended by it but i mean it's a legal tactic so just it, hey it's a legal tactic and and you know if if you enjoy it it gets you excited yeah you know it's legal do it i mean you, you know i'll never say anything about it uh you it's know pretty fun would, too even if it wasn't my thing i wouldn't ditch somebody else for doing it no because, that's right yeah because if it made them happy and they got excited yeah. then that's what you, it's all about you hunt turkeys the way you want to that's right um so anyway i, I start off the side of the hill behind the shutter decoy the birds are somewhat feeding my direction through the field as they're headed to the property line uh no grass in the field it's just grazed pretty bare so there's no no cover and luckily i'm a skinny guy and can lay pretty flat and and i just stayed tucked up behind the decoy and started belly crawling toward them and every now and then one of the toms would strut at me and, and kind of do his mock breeding display and show his dominance but they never really would click and 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 come in so I just you know kept patient kept crawling real slow because I didn't have much cover and I didn't want to blow it trying to use the heel as much as I could they kept feeding toward me a little bit more and a little bit more the lead hen just kept getting a little closer and a little closer and then once they hit about that 80 90 90 to 80 yard mark them three toms it, it just clicked with them just like that and all of a sudden their heads changed colors they all three went into strut and then they they just broke in a dead run, come straight up the hill toward me. You get inside that bubble. And I mean, it, you can it's do like the, a light switch. You can do the same thing with a call, but I mean, yeah, it's a different it, it's it's a different reaction. It's like 80, either way. It's an eighty to a hundred yard I mean, bubble. It's a visual, you know, mm -hmm. over a sound thing. I mean, yep. you know, you could have yep. them come running running into a to a call once once yeah. they get into it. It has but. it's something genetically when when they see that new tom put into their territory yeah, it's a pecking order is yeah, what it is they've yeah, got to figure out that pecking that, order yeah you got so, you got too close yeah. you know so to speak and uh so they, now now they got to come to fight to see who's the right. boss tom that's right i mean yeah. they've got that's, to figure out that pecking order yeah. ramsey was the boss tom that yeah, day. yeah. i was, the boss, was tom the boss tom that day he sure was so you know them birds come in hard and i'll say this you know i had to cover enough ground enough bare ground before i got in that bubble that regardless whether I'm using that strutter decoy that switches something on in their brain that causes them to come in and fight, yeah, you know I still had to cover X amount of distance and not spook them. No, you still gotta. There's still woodsmanship. You're, you're still it. putting I mean, in you your. Still gotta, you're you putting st in your work. You still gotta use the terrain to your advantage and and sneak on them. Yeah, I mean you're, you got you're putting you got, in your work. You got the fan to, uh, I mean hide some movement and you know be able to be in the open more, but 
Yeah. Um, but you, you still got to use that train. Yeah. You still got to close that distance. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, in my mind, it's still a legit way to kill yeah. a bird. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it, and you, you can't just be at a thousand yards and have a strutter no, in your hand no. and they're going to come around. And I mean, you get, you get close enough. I mean, it's going to work on most turkeys. Yeah. You know, but, uh, that's, that's just another, but you still got to get close enough. Yeah, you still and that is, get close enough. that is not easy train. with birds that use their eyes as their main as their form yeah. of defense. Oh yeah. You know, but anyway, they come in on a string and pick the lead bird out and just waylaid him 20 gauge, seven and nine TSS. And, uh, it, it puts a hurting on them in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, but what was cool about it was after I shot him, I, I cackled a little bit and then I fight purred as he was sitting there flopping. And, uh, one of the other toms come over and started flogging him. And he sat there for five or 10 minutes flogging. Yeah, I believe dead. you had some video of that. Yeah, I, I got some video of that. It. it was after the kill, but I, I was able to get out my phone and video this other tom standing on top of him flogging him. And then once he was done flogging him, he went to breeding him. Oh my goodness. And I've never- <laughs> That's a funky tom right That there. was a funky tom, but <laughs> I've, and I'm sure the breeding thing was just a sign of dominance. Dominance, yeah. You know, yeah. but you know, it was neat to watch. It was something I haven't ever seen in real life, and yeah. I got to sit there and, and watch yeah, it I mean, and video it. You can have the same reaction to having a decoy out. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it, it, was, uh, it, it was a hunt I'll remember for a long time, so yeah. it was great. That is awesome, So man. Uh, my opening morning of Arkansas, I tagged out for that week and set it home and made knives the rest of the week. There you go, <laughs> okay. there you go. That's a, that's a good way to do it. Now yep. you're here in Missouri. Got some gobblers set up for tomorrow morning, and yeah, I think Ramsey definitely does. Yeah, anticipation's high. I think we yep. got Houdini. Uh, yeah, Austin's uh, gonna go after a bird we call Houdini. He got away from us last year. Yeah, on some public here in Missouri, and I'm hoping that's a. Yeah. Hey, while, while we're on the subject of double R forge and handmade knives, Austin. No. Ramsey. Again. These, these are the same blade style, two different handles. It's just going to be luck of the draw, which one you get. Um, excellent little little field knives right here. like the case. He um, spoils us. Here's the thing, though. What? Here's the thing. It's going to cost you a hoodie. It's going to cost you a couple hoodies and a couple hats. Oh, Can we boy. do that? Hey, I think we can this do something. Like we do this that? might be a little bit different from what we had before. I, I, you know, these That's knives, a pretty good cape and knife right These there. knives are my little field knives, and, you know, I normally sell them for $120 man. or so, so. You know what? God dang We'll, uh, we'll get a, to talking about this after the podcast, but I'm we'll a, definitely. I'm a straight I just, up. I want to put you on the spot while we're on the podcast. So hey, you know, thank you. I'm going to say deal, by the way. I'm going to say deal. Right on. But these are some excellent knives, and they come with my lifetime warranty. So. You know, All right, buddy. I hope you get to use them on some turkeys well, I, this week. I can yes, tell you, yeah. I used a, yeah. the knife you gave us on the Nebraska bird last year, so I can't wait to put this. This looks like a, a that's a turkey skin, a big white tail. Yeah, that that's, buck yeah, that's that's a caper outer. <laughs> that's right, right there, right. boy. Hey, I, I did some work this year just on the side, and it was a good way to test my knives. But I worked for a processing plant there locally that you know processed the deer, and I was getting. I was I was skinning, and I was getting 12 to 15 deer before I was having to take the knife back to a stone. Yeah. Wow. And I was just skinning, but I'd I'd strop it about every third deer. I would I would strop it on leather or on a on a barber strop or something, and keep going. Did you put that video out 
on social media with you uh, doing the chop contest this weekend? Yeah, yeah, that's on my Instagram. It's yeah. on my Instagram. Everybody check that out. Yep. It's, it's, you were the what? You were the fastest one? Or? I was the second fastest second time fast. through the 2 by 4 seven point something seconds. Yeah. Uh, chopping through a 2 by 4 with one of my uh, cutting eyes with one of my big buoys. Yeah. So, oh, man. Yeah, well, this is that's cool, a man. Good blade. I've seen that. I appreciate it, Ramsey. Yeah, one one of them's walnut from our family property that oh, was wow. sent off and stabilized, and the other one is my handmade micarta, my, my which is made from uh, gift wrapping tissue paper, like the the tissue paper you stuff in gift bags. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's micarta made out of that, Man. so it, it's kind of interesting and kind of a neat handle material. So we're gonna switch gears a little bit, but there was something in there that you talked about, Ramsey, that I found interesting is is your passion for reaping birds. I think that's kind of ironic since you sit across Chisholm who has a little different opinion about reaping birds. Chisholm, I'd be curious to hear what your opinion is and uh, why you have it. Right. Me and Rambo have had this talk, and me and Kate have had this talk, and me and Kate and Rambo have had this talk, but essentially I have a way I like to do it, and Rambo has a way he likes to do it and I really love to call and to sneak on them and to I don't know to Navy seal them Navy seal them basically I like to feel like when I killed him like there was nothing in between him and me except the you know maybe some sounds that I've made or just good woodsmanship yeah but i've also done the reaping with ramsey and i've seen the passion that he has for it and so i super respect the fact that he is not ashamed of reaping and that he loves it you know what i mean and i i feel like that's how everyone should be you shouldn't draw a line and say this is you know this is unsincere and this is the only way you should do it if you know someone and see how they love it you know, then you should respect the way that they want to do it, plain and simple. Right. And and a little side note on that: if if somebody does something a different way than you do, there is absolutely no reason, as a fellow hunter, to cut them down and make them feel bad about that. As long as what they're doing is legal and ethical. That's right. We need each other. Because as as a hunting community, we're out there because we have a passion for it. Exactly. Because we love it. Because it makes memories that that when we're 80 years old we'll be telling our grandkids about right that's right and whether it be deer hunting turkey hunting whatever if somebody has not ever killed a buck in their life and they kill a little six point shame on any hunter if you're a trophy hunter and you just go out after the 200 class shame on any hunter that tells that guy that killed his first buck that's only a six point you should have let him go for two years or or his 50th buck that's a six-point. Yeah, or right. even the guy yeah, that enjoys killing six-points. If that's it, what he know? does, if then that's fine. Yes, if it's legal and I mean, and he loves it and he's not wasting the meat or anything like that, you know. Or overkilling or, yeah. you know. Yeah. Let him Just doing it, it legal. And and don't yeah, don't I mean, take his joy away by no means. Yeah. You know, we kind of talked about maybe the differences of, you know, and some feuds and, and hunters maybe not coming together. I think it would be good to kind of talk about why we love turkey hunting. Where that passion started. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I agree. You know what, Chisholm? Take it away, buddy. <laughs> I would say uh, 
just any human you you search for some sort of identity in life and you know like most diehard whatever their sons or their daughters or whatever don't usually become the same identity because they want to reach out and they want to grab their own identity and 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 grasp onto it and take it wherever it may take them and so i started out turkey hunting with my dad we were both brand new turkey hunters and he was a he still is a diehard deer hunter and we actually killed our first turkeys on the same day and basically what i'm where i'm going with that is like i i got to kind of grasp turkey hunting at an at an early age is kind of my identity like i want like this is it this is what i wanted to do like this is obviously it's it's nothing short of killing a 150 with a bow you know out of an oak tree like whatever gets you off yeah it's right there with it but also that you can go and you can just run and gun and you can just be free and and hunt all day and you can even party hunt kind of yeah i mean with your buddies all that stuff just really eluded me or whatever the word is you you know grasp me with turkey hunting and so i just kind of made that my identity and that was probably you know whatever 10 years ago and it's kind of lost its air but you know still being a turkey hunter is is cool and I feel like most really good turkey hunters that you've ever heard of or ever met, I guarantee you you'll find that they, their mentor or whatever in life was not a turkey hunter, that they kind of had to teach themselves and had to go out and learn and, you know, go through the ups and downs of finding their identity to call themselves a turkey hunter. And I feel like maybe that might be, you know, something the same with y'all. Man, that... That makes me think of Austin, really. I think Austin kind of had a couple mentors at a young age, and, you know, he'll tell it better than me. But he kind of found his own way. Wouldn't you say that's about right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a couple mentors that um, basically got me interested in it. Well, I mean, I I got interested in it um, on my own just by – you know hearing stories and stuff from buddies in school about killing turkeys and deer and stuff and um turkey hunting was just something that i wanted to try first i I don't know why but it just stuck out to me and um i was lucky enough to have a, a couple people to to get me into it but um i didn't actually kill my first bird or anything with them um i uh i was able to share the woods and and you know actually hear a gobble and you know what you know a hen call is and you know how to use a slate call was the first thing I ever um, was able to use and then uh, I remember like my it would have been like my third or fourth youth season I just uh, I went out um, on my own I got dropped off and it was snowing that day and like I just I went to the spot that I thought there was turkeys and put the decoy out and I just sat there and called and I had nothing come in didn't hear anything uh, 
it was cold and like I said it was just snowing its ass off and uh, I don't know but I still like I loved being out there and I went and got I got picked up and I went and got breakfast and I went back out and I didn't get anything but um, yeah I mean uh, I was able to I was able to kill my first bird with um, kind of a mentor uh, I mean he's always been a somebody I've looked up to but um, I just got lucky and went turkey hunting with him one day and he uh, called in a a double for me and a cousin of cousin of mine and uh, we doubled up and I don't know I mean even before that I had the bug like not getting not being able to kill and but going, do you do you remember when that. you really just like like you got bit and you're like yeah I'm I, a turkey yeah, hunter I remember the day it would have been like my second season and uh, I was only able to go like I mean, I was like 12 at the time, so I mean, I could only go with an adult. Like that's only my mom wouldn't let me go by myself. My, I'd let my grandpa would drop me off like at the WMAs and stuff, and I'd go out there with a call and just try and call turkeys up and put decoys out and stuff and do stuff like that. But uh, and you know, call turkeys up, but I'd have a gun or know what I was doing. But um, it would have been like my second second or third season and it was the last day of the regular season and um a mentor actually took me it would have been it was uh actually steven's father-in-law at the time he took me out and uh we got on a group of birds and tried to sneak up on them and it just didn't work out and we had to leave early and i just like i remember the drive back just knowing like that was it for the year and like knowing I had another year to go with, without being able to turkey hunt and it just it made me sick I was just I, I couldn't freaking stand it like, I think that was also a big draw for me in the beginning is like you never felt like you could get enough of it because season felt so short yeah it was so short like and I, that's what I never had time to go it was school and you know I was I was playing sports and stuff at the time and just there was no time to go and like the only time i had like i had close calls and it was it was just enough to like i don't know it just it hooked me man like, oh yeah it, and i think that's what opens the door into being a traveling turkey hunter is that like you get bit with it but you feel like you never have enough time and then you realize that you can you know quote unquote chase the spring yeah you know go south go wherever yeah you know wherever season's open well and that's what that's what did it for me is just like i mean over the years after i killed my first bird you know um i was just lucky enough to have somebody help me out with that i mean after that it was you know back to being on my own and i went you know time after time without getting a bird and um just had to finally figure that out how to do it by myself and when i did like it just like rewarding yeah and it was just like doors just started opening like like i started realizing more things and you know was able to capitalize on uh, a lot more turkeys in the future and uh, 
Man. You know, I hate to interrupt you, but you know, Austin, you you've been instrumental in my come up yeah. of a, being a turkey hunter. I mean, you convinced me to go out, and you know, I'll be honest, between scheduling and weather and bad luck, we we struggled the first couple of years. Yeah, we did, and I was I was learning at the time still. Like I wasn't. I'm still. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of people out there that kill a lot more turkeys than me, and know a lot more than i do and but we had fun you know, yeah we had fun and and, uh, and you were there yeah the day that i got hooked yeah because and i'll make it a long story short but we weren't having any luck that morning and some guy was generous enough to let us hunt in the back of his property and we were getting pretty close to the property line whenever we struck one up and it wasn't you know all those years of struggling to get a turkey yeah and it happened in a matter of seconds. Yeah. And it, I never felt, I mean, I've shot, you know, some big bucks, and I really feel the intensity and the adrenaline rush from that. But there was a whole different feeling that I can't describe with a turkey coming in like that. And mm-hmm. it was the coolest thing, and I can tell you from that day forward I was hooked. And then, you know, it wasn't much longer and Austin's getting into the traveling thing, and now he's telling me, hey, let's, let's go, let's do it. And he finally convinced me, and I'm so glad he did because now it's all I want to do in the spring. I know, same for me, and that's what it was. It was just like, I don't know, I just I couldn't get enough, and I was always like, I always wanted to go. Like I'd always look it up, look up seasons and stuff and think about going, and I was, I'd like ask a few buddies, and they'd be like, oh, man, I don't know, like, that's a little bit of money and what if we don't get a bird and whatever and it was i never could i i don't know why i thought like i needed to convince somebody else to go with me and then one day i realized i was like i can just go by myself (laughs) you know and and i did it i just went ahead and broke the ice and it was yeah no looking back yeah rambo yeah ramsey i'd like to hear your take um grew up in a family that hunted grandpa hunted uh dad hunted um deer hunted turkey hunted you know we we hunted everything around there and i'm not going to say that grandpa or dad was excellent turkey hunters they we had good population in arkansas back then and you didn't have to be an awesome caller you didn't have to be a super awesome at anything just have some decent woodmanship skills and spend time in the woods and you'd eventually you was going to kill a bird because we had good population yeah and uh Anyway, I was probably around 11 or 12 when I killed my first bird. A year or two before that, I'd started hunting with them. And we'd get close and wouldn't seal the deal and or would bump it, you know, just the newbie mistakes that you that you make. You know, yeah. of course, I'm a kid, too. Right. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, it, it was time I was spending with my family, my dad and my grandpa, and we was making memories we were in the woods we were out there when the woods were coming alive and the birds started chirping and the crows started calling and you know the leaves were coming out and pretty and bright and green and the dogwoods were blooming and it was just a beautiful time of year and you know if, if that wasn't enough and then then come the year that i killed a bird yeah. and that year i remember I was with my grandpa and my dad, and we had stopped on top of this, uh, you know, big ridge 
clear cut all around it, but you could hear out over all these wooded bottoms that fell off from it and, and everything else. And crystal clear morning, sun was coming up and it just painted just such a beautiful, beautiful sunrise. And dad gets out, hits the old box call, the rock, 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 rock. And I think we counted 14 or 15 different birds. Oh, wow. <laughs> And, and some of, I mean, it was four or five different groups of birds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of them had four birds in a group. Some of them had five mm. birds or whatever. But, you know, we could count at least 14 or 15 different gobbles between these four or five groups of birds that we could hear from yeah. that one listening location. Yeah. So we, we just picked a group and headed towards it at that point. We drove down the road a little bit to cut some distance and then, you know, fell off in a creek bottom. And Dad was on the call and... I was out there in front of him, and the birds just hammering, 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 coming closer and closer. And one group, and it ended up being a group of jakes. Back then, jakes were legal in Arkansas. And they, they hung up on the point of a ridge right above the creek draw there, and it was in this pretty open pine plantation that had just been chipped. Um, you were a youth, though, weren't you? Yeah. I think they're still legal for youth. They are still legal yeah. for youth. One bird, yeah. one jake. But, uh, and then there was another group of birds that had started working up the creek bottom coming to us as well. So we had two groups that were just hammering at us every time we called. And uh, the one group was real close. They were hung up and dad said, you know, stay low and sneak up the skids trail and find you a, a nice green bush to get behind. And when you get within range, you know, stand up behind that bush and maybe you'll be able to get a shot at one when he pokes his head up to gobble. So sure enough, I, crawled up the skid trail you know 30 40 yards cut the distance in half and got about 30 yards from where the birds were gobbling and it was a, a landing zone up there right off a, a warehouser road timber service road yeah and then birds were sitting there strutting gobbling in that landing zone and every time he had hit the call i could see a head poke up to gobble and then the head would go down and i'd see a tail fan and i uh, finally got up there and raised up behind the bush real slow he hit the call and I seen a head poke up. I put the bead on it and pulled the trigger. And I watched birds fly away. And wow, I man. shot at one as it flew twice and missed it. And I thought, that was it. I done, you know, messed this hunt up. And I thought, I better go up there just to make sure because I knew it was a group of birds. And I got to the top of the of the landing zone there. And lo and behold, there was a, there was a Jake flopping there. So, you know, that first hunt, that I or that you know first kill there, which I thought I'd messed up and and missed everything, and and turns out you know I'd killed the bird and had him in my hands and got to make that memory with my dad and my grandpa right there behind me, and it's just something that never let go of me. I mean, when you're hearing that, which I know you're a little bit older than us, you know I won't <laughs> I won't tell on you too much, but you know you you were around when it was good like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it's in the last 15 years, it's just absolutely uh, uh, sad of what our population in Arkansas has become. Yeah, we have a pretty decent population here in Missouri. I feel like, and yeah, I'm we ready do. to make it minus a couple birds tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sure. know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping for a, uh, another picture. We're gonna recreate the. The picture we got uh, a couple good ones that would we, be i guess we can't recreate it because we need kate here that's true yep yep 
We need them here. But we got a uh, we got some history with some old hey, boys. I'll that... tell you what. We'll Photoshop him, man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because he's he's got a bird already. He dipped down on us. Yep, he's killed a Missouri bird already. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Austin, you're gonna be after Houdini in the morning. Yep. You, you know, Ramsey. Trying to break this freaking streak, man. Or not streak. Missouri uh, streak, anyhow. Yeah, that's yeah, it's killing me. It's like uh, I think the Houdini though. You know, you kill him, uh, he gonna bring powers to you like you never <laughs> seen before. I would absolutely. It's like old Nacho that. Libre up there on the up yeah. there on the hill eating Basically, the eagle. I eagle might be egg. a little bit chubbier, <laughs> but. <laughs> and then I know Ramsey's got a a bird and some good sign that. Nacho! It's <laughs> <laughs> promising. I don't even know where to go over there. <laughs> and then Chisholm, I think we're going to tag team over there. At, what, what do you call that gobbler? Oh, shaky Beard. Oh, oh shaky, shaky Beard. beard Why are you calling that? So, you want me to tell the whole story? I, I'd, like, I'd like to hear it because I haven't heard okay. it. I think you need to incorporate um, – Bullet man and okay, let me piss first. <laughs> Alright. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Alright, piss break over. You were gonna tell us about old Shaky Beard. So we got here Thursday night. Uh of oh, the first week of Missouri. Exactly. Cade got here at like eight. I pulled in at like two thirty. And we had history with a bird that we called Highline. And you know, odds pointing at he lives he lives around a high line, and so we went over there. We heard him gobble on the roost. We had some old boys come on us. Um, he had some old boys walk in on you. Uh, <laughs> so we had some history with a bird that was on a high line, and uh, we got over there and had some boys walk in. And uh, say they were going after him. And they had parked at a different spot. We had parked at a different spot. Both of us didn't know each other was there. So it was like, you know, whatever. So they went and looped around a hill. We went and looped around a hill. And we heard what we thought was a different bird gobble. And ended up being the same turkeys they were on. But regardless, we got on them and worked them up a little burnt bottom. And... Long story short, about 11 o'clock, we gave up on them and left out. And next morning, we went back in, and they were roosted pretty close to the same spot. We worked them again. We left them about 9. We came back, and one of them had split off from the flock and was alone. And I ended up calling him across a bottom, and he got to about 56 yards. And I say that because, trust me, I ranged it about 43 times yeah. looking at it, thinking I should have shot him. But Well, you had some pretty good video and pictures of him. Yeah. And uh, he he come across the creek, and or, well, I say that. He got to the creek, and we just weren't close enough to the creek. Long story short, the woods are too open. Blah, blah, blah. He left. He, he went back up the ridge, and uh, we left him alone for the day. So we went back the next morning, and Kate ended up killing the bird that I had called in that day before. And so there's one gobbler left in there. 
and he Cade had hurt him the so whole. So Cade, Cade killed Highline. Cade killed what we perceive was Highline because he was the he just had a gobble about him that you could you yeah you could I feel like you could tell it was him. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm maybe I'm bullshit myself, but I feel like it was him. And so there's one bird left in there that we know of, and we've heard several around, but one that uses that same terrain. And so we, I go back in the next morning, and he's roosted right around where Kurt, Cade had heard him the day before when he had killed his bird. No, Cade's with me at this point. Let me back up. Cade's with me. So we hear him. He sounds far. We drop off in the bottom with him. And he gobbles again, and he's like freaking 75 yards. And so we just kind of scramble and set up and break some sticks in the burn, and he pops up on a limb that was about five foot higher than the one he was roosted on before and starts kind of alarm putting looking over there. And so we sat still probably... I would say close to 30 minutes of watching him sit there and just kind of look around and every mood or every move he made, he had this beard that just poked out there and just would shake every move he made. It would just shake back and forth. And so that's where he gets his name is old shaky beard. I like it. And, uh, so anyways, he, that the turkeys fly down, they fly down one little, little rise away from us, probably 55, 60 yards just out of view and work away from us. And we're like, well, there's been turkeys roosted right here three days in a row. You know, we can come back in and do something the next day. So Cade leaves. I go back in there yesterday morning, or I guess that'd be this morning. Well, yeah, this, this morning. morning. <clears throat> And uh, he's roosted in the same spot. I get down on him, watch him gobble in the tree. And one another thing that I didn't mention in the past is that if you call to this turkey, he is not gonna come to you. No, he's so to speak a ridge runner. If anybody knows what he's, a, yeah, he's a running turkey. That's what I call him. I yeah, don't know. you'll call to him. He'll gobble. And then he'll drop a ridge and pop a ridge, and he'll gobble on the next ridge yeah. over from he you. He gobble in a hole and then fly to the next yeah. ridge. <laughs> and he 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 was flying tree to tree, also um, looking for me. Yeah. Anyways, so that's a bad turkey. Yeah. So I hop a ridge, go around. So he flies down and starts hopping ridges away from us. And so we just, we said, well, he's heading towards private also. He got to the line and we we're like, well, we'll just let him have it. So now I go back in on him this morning and sneak in. And um, he sounded like he was roosted in a way different, you know, way different spot. He sounded real far. Yeah. And so I was planning on dropping down on this real long finger ridge that drops off the main ridge and getting in front of where he liked to hang out and so i dropped down onto that finger ridge and he gobbles again and he had to be within like five trees of where he was roosted yesterday morning those it was just the terrain was playing tricks on me yeah and unlucky enough he was roosted past where he's been going 
And so I sat up and watched him gobble, watched him strut in the tree all morning. I didn't want to make a call to him. And he ended up flying down one ridge over from me. He landed at 52 yards and just behind this little cedar bush. And once he hit, once his feet hit the ground, I never seen him again. So I gave it about 15 minutes, never heard him gobble again. I looped back up and around the top of the ridge and dropped back into where I figured he would be and hooted and he gobbled and he was about two ridges over from me and uh, so I set up he drops down in the bottom he gobbles again and I'm thinking I'm in the in the chips he's gonna come right over to me and some crow flew over or something I don't remember what exactly made him gobble but he sounded way higher when he gobbled the next time and then he gobbled again and he sounded like he was over the main ridge and so I got up and I was going to loop around and cut him off before he got to the private. And I got up to the top, hooted, nothing. Crow called, nothing. Hooted, nothing. And um, I was like, well, I guess he, he beat me again today. I'll give, him, I'll give him the rest of the day to himself. I'll drop back and go try to find another one. And I started walking down this main ridge and I hear this old boy in this bush. He said, I boogered him, and I was like, yeah, what the hell, and he steps out from from this bush, and he's like, yeah, I thought I could make a move on him, I thought he's over the ridge enough, but I topped the ridge, and he went to flying, and so I proceeded to, you know, get a little upset, and we talked it over, and he had parked, you know, where he didn't know I was in there, and I didn't know he was in there, and I told him how we had been hunting him and showed him some video of him gobbling and kind of told him what he had been doing. And he was like, well, buddy, I'm sorry I come in here and buggered your bird. And so he said, but by God, you, you ought to kill him in the morning or I'll probably be back on him next weekend. <laughs> so by God, me and you are going. <laughs> yes, sir. Old Shaky Beard. Shaky Beard's getting I think he's seen his last morning. I, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. That'll be a fun one. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to to coming back to camp. I tell you what, if I was Shaky Beard, I would not want Chisholm May, Ramsey Richardson, Stephen Ebers, um, or the Turkey Slayer, K Triplet, K Triplet, <laughs> or I mean, yeah, hell, at this point, I'd put myself at hunting him because I probably wouldn't fucking kill him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I really am excited about about tomorrow. I think we have an opportunity to to kill some birds. It's, going to be a beautiful day to do it we know where some turkeys are so you know it's it's not getting any earlier tonight we better get to hitting the sack yeah. any final words before we jump off here it's been a good one you know Chis- chisholm kind of touched on something there as, as far as we're hunting on public land and you're eventually going to run into somebody that you didn't know was there they didn't know you was there yeah. and it's easy aka pressured turkeys yeah well, it's easy to get upset or to lose your temper, but, I mean, you got to look at it. It's it's public land. It's going to happen. So when you have these encounters with another hunter that bumped your turkey or whatever, you know, be as respectful as you can. And Yeah. I can. If you do it to somebody, you know, apologize and say, man, I didn't realize you was in here and sorry for stepping on your feet. And Yeah. You know, you, 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 
I had an instance today where somebody followed me in, and that gets under my skin. Yeah, I'm, he did, he had I no made, idea I was in there. But yeah. if this, somebody followed this me guy in, stopped and looked at me on the trail, and still proceeded to follow me in. And I mean, it. You know, I I was civil about it, but I let him know that I really wasn't very happy and that uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you if you see somebody walking in or if there's somebody at a gate, just go to the next gate. Yeah, have have some respect, have some tact. Yeah. Um, you know, and if somebody does mess you up and they didn't know you was in there, have some forgiveness. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. You know. I mean, I'm like I said. I mean, I I didn't chew the guy's head off or nothing, but I mean, you know, some some people would have, but I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. I just I don't know. Like Chisholm said, it just gets under my skin. They, they know you're there, and it is what Hunting it is. Hunting etiquette. It's, you know. it's, it's public land, so, yep. you yep. know. It's, uh... That, it seemed like the guy was new to it, so, I mean... Maybe he's know. just trying to pick up a, yeah. a few tips from the turkey slayer. Yeah. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, and uh, hopefully we can show uh, follow up with this episode with some with, with some, some turkey picks. And some, yeah. and some good stories. Yeah. I think tomorrow's pretty promising, and... I think there's going to be a, a camp bird hanging in one of these trees. Yep. And, and as as we you know tell my son, like, what kind of day are you going to have today? He said, Dad, I'm going to have the greatest day ever. So regardless whether we kill any birds, we're going to have the greatest day ever. Yeah. A All day right. in the turkey woods can't be a bad one. I love it, guys. I love it. Those are some wise words, guys. And that's how we're going to do it in the 573. We'll see you on the next one. Facts. See you. Peace.